his wonders. Amen. From the book of 2 Kings chapter 8, beginning with verse 1, this is what the word of the Lord says. And as I'm getting ready to read, I'm going to do something today that, that I haven't done here before. I entered an exclusive club here recently. And so I'm just going to get this out of the way. I had never, I never knew how little I could see. I just was, I mean, my arms weren't big enough, long enough. I was doing all this and I thought that was normal. And then the Lord said, let there be light. Amen. Amen. I saw through a glass darkly, but now face to face. So if you'll bear with me, I just didn't want anybody to be uh, thrown for a loop here. Second Kings chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines. And she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. Hallelujah. And I want to concentrate your attention on the fact that it was Gehazi sharing this great report. And I want to speak to you on the subject, the testimony of Gehazi. The testimony of Gehazi. Could we just lift up our voices together and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word today. God, I thank you for every soul that has gathered into this place. Lord, I thank you for your word, that it is life to us, that it is health and marrow to us. I pray that you will allow us to receive your word into our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that it will challenge us, that it will change us, that it will bless us. Hallelujah. For we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Now, many here, you may not be familiar with this man Gehazi, I want to tell you his story. You may not be familiar with him, and, and then again, some may. There may be a good deal of people who are familiar with this name, Gehazi. But if you are familiar with it, if, if it is a name that resonates and rings a bell, and you understand that uh, he is a character in the Bible, and emphasis on the word character, not the good kind, but a Boy, he's a character, that kind of character. Uh, 
And uh, you may not have a great opinion of this man, Gehazi, if you know his story. Because what we know of his story is not the greatest of, of attributes or qualities. He was known for his dishonest deed. He was known for the deceptive deed that he participated in. But, but the passage of Scripture that we're reading is... It contains the story of this man standing before the king and the king is asking him a very direct question and the question is, tell me about the miracles of the prophet Elisha. And really, there was no better person to ask than Gehazi because Gehazi was there for all of them. Gehazi watched and observed the powerful ministry of the prophet Elisha. And you can't really know the story of Gehazi and understand its significance if you don't understand who Elisha is. So let me just tell you a little bit about Elisha. There are two guys that have a similar sounding name in the Bible, Elijah and Elisha. They're different guys, but their name sounds familiar. Elijah really kind of represents all the prophets. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was alive and walking upon the earth long after Elijah had been carried up by a whirlwind into heaven and long after Moses was buried in the valley of Moab the Bible says that upon that mount of transfiguration stood by Jesus Moses and Elijah many people have said that that's because Moses represented the law and Elijah represented the prophets and that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and so when we look at Elijah, it, I, it really is quite a significant character. Elijah represented the prophets. In fact, Jesus said of John the Baptist that there was no greater prophet than him that was born of a woman. And yet he said that, that, that he was actually Elijah come back to preach to the people. Not, not in the sense that he was literally Elijah, but that the ministry of Elijah calling Israel to repentance had resurfaced in the form of John the Baptist. Elijah was a very significant individual in the word of the Lord. And he had a, a protege, a young man that he laid his mantle upon. And this man's name was Elisha. And Elisha looked at Elijah and, and said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing. But nevertheless, if you see me ascend into the heavens, then you will receive a double portion of my spirit. It was an, a hard thing because how do you give double of what you have? You've only got one of them. So when asked, can I have two? And you say, well, I've only got one. <laughs> portion but I'll give you a double portion you'll get it if you see me ascend and so Elisha did see him ascend and just as Elisha requested and just as Elijah assured him he did in fact receive a double portion and he performed twice the number of miracles that Elijah performed the last being after his own decease when a, a soldier was thrown into his grave, the bones of Elisha brought the man back to life. This is a significant man, Elisha. And, and Elisha, just as Elijah had a servant named Elisha, Elisha had a servant named Gehazi. So Gehazi 
was, I mean, I mean you, could, you could maybe uh, take a guess and think that in theory it makes sense. Gehazi could have been in line for a triple portion of Elijah's spirit. But that is not at all what happened. It is a sad thing that occurred in Gehazi's life. Because he had so much at his fingertips. And yet he threw it all away. The Bible says that when Naaman the captain of the host of Syria was so sick with leprosy. And apparently it was the kind of leprosy that you could have and still be around people. There were leprosies like that that you could have. That you could still be around people. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to go into some kind of confinement or isolationism. And there were some leprosies where you could go into the isolation and you could come back out and you were pronounced clean. And, and you could go on living. You might still look like a leper. It might have done some damage, but you at least were no longer infected with the leprosy. There were certain leprosies, and I would venture to say that Naaman probably had that kind of leprosy. Because he was interacting with a lot of people. And the Bible says that he was unable to be cleansed of his leprosy. And there was a maid in his house who said to his wife, I know of a prophet in Israel. His name is Elisha. And Elisha can, can perform miracles. And I believe that if... Naaman will go and see him that he will be healed of his leprosy. And the Bible says that Naaman went. And you may be or may not be familiar with this story. And I'll just give you a few highlights. Naaman went and it wasn't Elisha that met him. It was Gehazi. Gehazi was an integral part of Elisha's ministry. He, he did a lot of the footwork. He, he did a lot of the hands-on stuff. Elisha was busy doing work as well, but, but he was multiplying himself by saying, Gehazi, you go meet. This is the captain of the host of Syria. It's a pretty significant encounter. And Elisha doesn't even meet with him. He sends Gehazi, and Gehazi delivers the news. I have a word from the Lord via the prophet Elisha, and you are to go and you are to dip seven times in the Jordan River. That that would be like, you know, somebody from South Florida coming here and saying, hey, I'm here to be healed. And we say, you know what you got to do? You got to go swim in some water. Oh, great. The Atlantic is right next door. Great. I can just hop on a flight down to one of those Caribbean islands. They got that blue water, that crystal clear water. And we say, no, you, it's actually the Ohio River you got to go swim in. Sorry, I should have been more specific about that. And... Naaman was like, wait a minute, the Jordan River, I've got all these beautiful rivers where I come from. And, and I've got to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. And he goes in and he dips seven times. He almost didn't do it. He was actually on his way home. He was insulted that Elisha didn't meet him, but Gehazi did instead. He was insulted that he was going to have to dip in the, jo the Jordan River. He was insulted that he was not going to be able to, 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 to do this without some kind of fanfare. He said, I thought Elisha would come wave his hand over my left and call upon his God and put on a little show for me. And he, he just, he said, let's go back to Syria. His servants said, oh, you've tried everything. The doctors in Syria can't help you. There's, there's no antidote for what you have. And this man gave you instructions. Why don't you, you came all this way. Why don't you just try it? 
And he did. He dipped seven times. He dipped one time and nothing, two, nothing, three, four, five, six, nothing. But on the seventh time, he came up out of that water. And the Bible said he had the flesh of a child. The, not only did the leprosy cease to, to affect him, but the effects of the leprosy were removed from him. And he had the flesh of a child. That means he went back before there was ever a scar, ever a laceration, ever, ever acne. There was, there was no sunburn. There was no sun damage. He had the flesh of a child. It was a restoration to innocence. And that is exactly what repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Spirit will do in our lives. It will return us. My God. Hallelujah, to before there ever was a sin, to before we ever were guilty of transgressions, it will return us. This is why you cannot hold things over people's heads because they are free. They are free. They are free. And the only thing keeping them from being free is sometimes because they don't know that truth. But if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. So, so Naaman comes up. He is completely restored, and he wants to give Elisha a gift. It means so much to him that he has been restored, and he, and he, brought, like, he brought a great company with him. So he's got money to burn. I mean, he's got all kinds of resources, and he looks at Elisha and said, You name your price. I'm going to give you, this is your day. This is your windfall moment. I'm going to give you so much money for this miracle that you have done. And it was similar to Simon the sorcerer and Peter, where, where Simon the sorcerer tried to pay Peter to let him have the power of the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, your money perish with you. Because listen, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, money is a blessing to the kingdom of God. There's no question. But the truth is not for sale. So don't get that mixed up. Don't, don't get that mixed up. We, we buy the truth and sell it not. And so, when Elisha, so when Elisha is presented with this opportunity to receive all these funds, I mean, there would have been nothing wrong with him getting a little something. And, and Elisha said, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm not doing this for money. No, you take your money and go back to Syria. I'm just here to do a work for the Lord. And Gehazi was like, what just happened? What did I just witness? Elisha, you're kind of losing it a little bit. I, do you understand that you just had a very wealthy man stand on your doorstep with tears in his eyes and gratitude in his heart? And he was thankful to you for the ministry you just performed and, and, and said he was going to give you a blessing. Elisha, God wants to bless you. Elisha said, he needs to know that there is a prophet in Israel who is not for sale. I want you to, I want you to understand that. We, God will provide every need we have. And God will send people to give. There's nothing wrong with people giving. God will bless you when you do give. But there are some moments where the Spirit of the Lord moves. And in this case, Elisha said, It is needful that Naaman walk away here saying, None of this was for the advantage I could bring Elisha. Absolutely none of it. He didn't do any of this because I can 
be a blessing to him. It was all for the glory of God. It was all so that God could bring healing to somebody's body. He cared for me as a soul in need. And Naaman goes away and Gehazi is saying, I just have no idea what occurred. And he walks away and he starts thinking, that was ridiculous because we could have done a lot with that money. And there were so many ways that could have blessed us and helped us. And Elisha's just not thinking straight. He's, he, he really just does things sometimes that drive me crazy. And I don't understand what he's thinking. And Gehazi started letting something get in his heart that should never have been there. And he, and he, and he rode off after Naaman and his company with a lie on his lips. And the lie on his lips was this. My master, my, my, my employer, Elisha, the, the prophet of God in my life, he changed his mind. And he sent me to tell you, we'll take a little something, just a little something. Just a, I don't know what you got in there, but maybe just a little something. And when Naaman said, well, okay, that's fine, that's perfectly fine. And he gave him an offering and, and loaded him down and loaded him up. And, and Gehazi goes back. To where Elisha was and he hid all those goods wherever he could find a hiding place for them. And then walked back into Elisha's presence and Elisha looked at him out of the side of his eye. And he said, where have you been? And I don't know what Gehazi was thinking. But Gehazi said, oh, I didn't go anywhere. And he said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Did you not think that the Lord would... Show me, did you not understand that the Lord and I have a pretty good thing going on here? I talked to him and he talks to me and I know where you went and I was giving you an opportunity to fess up. I was giving you an opportunity to just tell me the truth and you failed miserably. And then he said to him, because of this deed you have done, the leprosy that was upon Naaman shall cleave to you and to your seed forever. Was almost as bad a curse as you could even f begin to fathom. It was a really foolish thing that Gehazi had done. It was a terrible, terrible act of disobedience and rebellion and defiance and dishonesty and, and greed and all of these horrible vices all wrapped up into one. And he lied and he stole and he was greedy and he was envious and all of it. And, and what was it worth? Because now the same leprosy that was on Naaman was, was cleaving to him. And Gehazi, that's what most people think of when they think of Gehazi. But that's not the passage of scripture we read. The passage of scripture we read, Gehazi is standing in the king's court three chapters later. Now, if he had the same leprosy as Naaman, I don't know, maybe God had healed him. I don't know, maybe God did heal him. Maybe God delivered him. Maybe God, maybe God reversed the curse. But even if he hadn't, he apparently, without that miracle, he, he would have been, the Bible says, white as snow when he walked out of Elisha's presence. He could have still been clean from the leprosy, but affected by it. He could still be a leper in terms of the effect it had on him, forever damaged, forever tainted. But here he stands before the king, and the king asks him a question, tell me the, prop, the, 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 the miracles of the prophet Elisha. And he couldn't have asked a better person. Because nobody knew it like Gehazi knew it. 
But I'm wondering and thinking about the battle in Gehazi's mind as he begins to think, who am I to share uh, these miracles? Does he not know who I am? Does he not know what I did? Does he not know where I come from? Does he not know about the terrible mistake I've made? There are some mistakes in people's lives that it will hold them in bondage for the rest of their life. And they will never be allowed to open up their mouth and declare the goodness of God again. But Gehazi is an example of an individual who said it doesn't matter the mistake I made. God is good. It was as foolish, it was as, 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 as dishonest as you can possibly imagine. It was full of greed and full of theft and full of dishonesty. And, and yet here he is with the testimony of the righteous on his lips. I don't know if he was still white with leprosy or not. I, I don't know if he's got that kind of leprosy. I know it was the kind Naaman had and Naaman was interacting with people. So apparently Gehazi could still interact with people. And he's standing before for the king saying listen I may not be the best vessel because I've got a reputation for lying I've got a reputation for doing dishonest deeds I've got a reputation for some bad mistakes I'm not who you should put up on a pedestal but I'll tell you this I've seen God do mighty mighty things I've seen God pour out his spirit I've seen God work wonders hallelujah I've seen God move mountains Oh, King, where do you want me to start? Because I'll tell you about some miracles. I'll tell you about when Elisha came to the waters of the Jordan River. And he took that mantle of Elijah. And he smote those waters. And he said, where be the Lord God of Elijah? And those waters parted hither and thither. I'll tell you about some miracles. You tell me where you want me to start. I'll tell you about when some men were about to eat a bowl of soup. And they were dipping the ladle inside the pot of soup and then when they started to put it to their mouth they realized there was poison in the soup there was death they said inside the bowl of soup and they knew that they that they had nothing else to eat they were about to die and they called on the prophet Elisha and Gehazi standing there giddy, excited to tell the punchline. Elisha just strolled up onto that campsite and he poured meal into that soup. And as the meal was put into the soup, all of the poison was taken away. Where you want me to start? I got miracles for days. Hallelujah. Where you want me to start, I'll tell you about when the water was poisonous and the people of the city had no way to drink water. And Elisha walks in with a cruise of salt, throws the cruise of salt in the water, and the water was healed. Where you want me to start, I got miracles for days. I'll tell you about when the axe head fell in the water and he just took a stick. Pastor Sizemore, this axe head was their means of income. It was their means of commerce, and now it's gone. Elisha just walks up, takes a stick, throws the stick into the water, and the axe head rises to the surface. 
They fish it out, put it back on the end of the little, little wooden dealio, and start chopping away. Where do you want me to start? Do you want me to tell you about the little lady that... That had no, that had just had a little oil and, 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 and the oil stayed. Where, where, where do you want me to start? Hallelujah. I got miracles more than I could count. Listen, I know, I know I don't look the best. Leprosy has taken a toll on me. I know if you study my past, there's some things people could tell you about me. Naaman probably has nothing good to say about me after finding out that I lied to him about what the prophet Elisha said. But, but I have seen the goodness of God. I, I know I made my mistakes. I, I know my greed got the best of me. I know I lied. I know I lied to people I love. But God, I, I've seen the goodness of God in my days. I have. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I rebuke every devil that tells you that you are no good because you've made mistakes. You've seen the goodness of the Lord. You know he's an awesome God. Don't you ever let an accuser stop you from testifying about the miracles that the Lord has done. Uh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, there is one accuser. There is one accuser, and that accuser is the devil. And everybody else who offers a false accusation, they do so in his name. And if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you are innocent. You are blameless now. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. The King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. You've got a testimony. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, you've got one of the greatest testimonies. Brother Urshan, you don't really know what I've done. You don't know. I would never want you to know. I don't want anybody to know. I don't have to know. I don't have to know what you did. I know what Jesus did. That's all I got to know. That's all I got to know. I know he shed his precious blood. I know he died upon that old rugged cross. I know he died your death and mine. I know that he washes your sins away. I, I know what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Gehazi's just, man, he is, he's pounding that pulpit. He's stomping his foot. He's preaching the miracles of the prophet Elisha. He's telling about the waters of the Jordan parting. He's talking about the axe head swimming. He's talking about the, the soup being healed and the, the, the rivers being healed. And he's talking, and then all of a sudden he gets to one of his favorite stories. Every, you know, every preacher's got their favorite sermons. Hallelujah. And, and, and they're ones that you feel like I could preach that anywhere, everywhere I go. That's just something special between me and God. And, and, and this was one of his favorite stories to tell. He said, let me tell you about the, the Shunammite woman. Oh, I love the Shunammite woman story. I love all these stories. I can tell you about the day that I saw the, 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 the chariots of the Syrian army surrounding Elisha's house. And I was terrified, scared to death. But Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. 
And when he saw the, the, the mountainside was filled, not just with the chariots of the enemy, but beyond the chariots of the enemy were the chariots of the Lord of glory. And Elisha said, see, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Woo! Hallelujah. But as I said, let me tell you my favorite one. My favorite one has to do with this little woman who saw Elisha come and go and perform miracles and do ministry. And, and the Lord laid him on her heart. And she, she just said, I need to help him. She looked at her husband one day and she said, I need to help the man of God. He works so hard. He's going to and fro. And I want to help him. I want to be a blessing to him. So she said, can we add on a little chamber and make it like just this little nice place that he can just rest when he passes through Shunem? Because apparently Shunem is like a, 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 a layover, a stopover point. And I don't, want him, I don't want him just going anywhere. I want our house to be blessed. So she said, let's build this little chamber. So her husband starts dragging out his tools and getting in his garage. And, and then she's got a honey-do list for him all set up. And, and he starts building this place. And they've got it set up. They've got a stool in there. They've got a bed in there. They've got a little table in there. They've got a little light in there, a little candle. And, and it's all set up just nice for the prophet Elisha. And the prophet Elisha would come. And you, you, you know who was with him? Gehazi was with him. Because Gehazi was in line. Gehazi was, he, God had some special things for him. And then one day Elisha said, this woman has been such a blessing. Every time I pass through Shunem, I stop in this little chamber and it, it refreshes me. I, I feel rested. I feel energized. I'm ready to go do what the Lord has called me to do. And what can we do to be a blessing to her? It was Gehazi's idea. It was Gehazi's idea. This is a special story to him. He is personally invested in this story. And he said, he asked me, what should I do? What should I do for this lady? And Gehazi said, well, I've noticed they seem like a real happy couple. But I, I, I haven't seen any toys in the yard. I, I haven't seen any smudged fingerprints on the window panes. I, I didn't notice any jelly on the kitchen table. I, I think... I think they want kids. I think if you can ask God for anything for them, ask God to give them a baby. And Elisha said, perfect. And he went to the lady and said, you're going to have a baby. And when he said that, it struck a nerve. And she said, don't mess with me, please. You got real close to my heart with that. I've been, I've been needing that for a long time. If you're playing games, that's something I can't joke about. He said, I'm not joking. God's going to give you a baby. And the Lord gave her a baby. Hallelujah. And Gehazi said, but that's not the end of the story. Oh, king, this story is amazing. He said, listen, listen, he, the Lord gave her a baby. And, and then as time went on, she was so grateful. But as time went on, there came a day where the baby and the baby's dad were out in the field. And the baby was no longer a baby. He was a young man. And he's working in the field in this hot sun. And all of a sudden, he looks up at his father and he says, Father, my head, my head. And he collapses. And the father grabs him and rushes him to the, the room, uh, the, the, the prophet's chamber, and lays him out on the 
prophet's bed and the, and the child dies. The young man is now dead. The promised child is now dead. And the Shunammite woman said to her husband, I need, I need, uh, I need a donkey. I need to go and I need to go get the prophet. I have to go get the prophet. I have to go get the prophet. So she takes a long journey. And as she's making her way to the prophet, Elisha has no clue. Remember, he and God have a special connection. He has no clue that this is even happening. And all of a sudden, off in the distance, he says, "Who? there's somebody coming over the horizon. And he asked Gehazi. Gehazi was there for the whole thing. And Gehazi says, it's that Shunammite woman. What does she want? He said, I don't know. I hope everything is okay. She comes forward and they say, is everything okay? And her words were, it is well. That's where we get that little phrase, it is well. All is well, she said, all is well. She's got a dead child back at the house, but all is well. She's got devastated dreams back at the house, but all is well. Her heart is shattered in a million pieces, but all is well. Hear me now, it matters the confession of your lips. It matters the confession of your lips. Do not give the devil any praise. Don't give him any credit. Give no voice to depression or fear. If you need to talk about it with God or confess your faults one to another, that's one thing. But don't go around bemoaning. Don't go around griping and murmuring and complaining. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even if it's not always in my emotions, it will always be in my mouth. I might have to fight back tears while I say it, but I'm going to say it. It is well. And then she, she climbed down and came over to the prophet and she fell at his feet. It was so dramatic. Gehazi tried to like move her away. And Elisha said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Her heart is broken and the Lord hath hid it from me. They had to fight for this miracle. This miracle didn't just happen because Elisha threw a little cruise of salt on it. This miracle didn't happen because Elisha went and smote the waters with Elijah's mantle. No, no. They had to fight for this miracle. The Lord hath hid this thing from me. And she said, I told you not to play games with me. You promised a son and he came, but now he's dead. And Elisha sent Gehazi. Take my staff. Lay my staff upon the child. Gehazi goes and lays the staff upon the child and nothing happened. And Gehazi's like, oh no. It really is, it really is the will of God for this baby to, to die. And I'm going to tell you something. This story matters to me so much because I think too often we give up. I'm going to tell you. Brother Terry Andrews, you said it to Brother Tyreek Andrews. It's not over till God says it's over. The Andrews family wouldn't give up. They wouldn't give up. They wouldn't give up. Sister Tiffany, you wouldn't give up on Brother Jared. And we're not giving up on Brother Terry. You hear me? I said we're not giving up. If it's the will of God then it's going to have to be the will of God because our job is to pray. Our job is to intercede. Our job is to act in faith. 
And Elisha, I mean, Gehazi could come back and say, we did everything we could. I stretched the rod out just like you said, and nothing happened. And they could all throw their hands up and say, well, I guess it's just God's will for the, for the guy to go. No. Elisha said, I'm going, and I'm praying for him. And when Elisha goes in, he closes the door behind him and does something he saw Elijah do. He stretches himself out over the child. Hallelujah. When it was all said and done, that dead boy came back to life. Gehazi is in the middle of telling this story. He's got his ties, he's got his hanky flying, pounding the pulpit, stomping his foot. Telling the story. It's the testimony. He wasn't going to let his past mistakes stop him from telling the story. He wasn't going to let his past greed, his past dishonesty, his past deception, what people thought of him. And you shouldn't let it stop you either. You've got a story to tell. You've got miracles to report. You've got the glory of God that you've seen all around you. It doesn't matter who you are, where you have been, what you have done. If you've got a story to tell, go tell it on the mountain. Tell it in the valley, Lord. God has been good to me. People standing off to the side. Look at that liar. Who does he think is going to believe him? You don't have to believe me, but God has been good to me. I heard he stole Naaman's money and took off with it and lied to Elisha. Say what you want to say. It's true, it's true, it's true. But God has been good to me. tired of the past holding the people of God in bondage. I'm tired of past mistakes and failures. If you're looking for a people that have no mistakes and failures, you're going to have to look somewhere else. All of us have mistakes. All of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. But God has been good to us. While he's telling the story, the door of the king's throne room creaks open. And in walks this little Shunammite woman. Her son, now a grown man, walking with her. And Gehazi's preaching, sharing the testimony. He looks over his shoulder and sees this woman. And I love how he says, he said, my Lord, oh king. This is the woman. This is her son. The one I told you about. This young man, King, used to be dead. I saw him. I stretched the rod of Elisha over him. He stayed dead for a long time. But look at him. He's doing well. He's healthy. He's feeling good. You know what I noticed a little while ago? When coming into the house of God, I started looking around at all the people who used to be dead.
Brother Jamie, you were there. Hallelujah, sister, sister Jenny and baby Isaiah. But God, who is rich in mercy, sister Jenny flatlined. They were gone. But the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Brother Jared, every time you dance these aisles, we give God praise. We give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 I mean, you do it sometime. You just take a moment and start looking around at all the people that the doctor said are gone. There's no hope. They'll never make it. But God who is rich in mercy, God who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Brother Sizemore. When you asked me to preach your installation, I was blown away. I was going to be here anyway. We had already marked the date on our calendar to be here to support Brother and Sister Sizemore and the Grace Point Church family. But when you asked me, I was so honored and so thankful. And we were sitting at a restaurant. And we walked out of that restaurant. On our way out, you just extended the invitation. And I, I said, oh, I'd be honored to do that. Thank you. And I went to my car and immediately God said, this is what you're going to preach. The Lord moved on me to tell about the day that David went to the tabernacle, to the temple and said, I, I need some bread. He went to the priest. Can I, can I get any bread? And the priest said, the only bread I have is the hot bread. And the Lord told me to preach the house of the hot bread. Those of you who have been at Grace Point for a long time, you understand the significance of hot bread. Bishop Joe David Sizemore preached a message that, 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 that reverberates through the spirit for eternity about hot bread. Keep the bread hot. Keep the flames of Holy Ghost fire upon the word of God so that you have hot bread for those who are hungry. And this is what the Lord told me, Brother Sizemore. He said, this is the house of hot bread. And that there are people like David, like David, who knew where to go when looking for hot bread. And it had been a long time. He had been a fugitive for many years. He had been running from King Saul. Life had taken turns he never expected life to take and he was trying to make his some sense out of the world he found himself in and nothing seemed to make sense but he knew one thing there is a house that serves hot bread and I can go to that house and I can know that there's hot bread there's hot bread on the table and when he came back the priest said the only bread I've got is the holy bread the sacred bread the show bread the hot bread and David said that'll do and what I want you to understand is that there are some Davids. They look rough. They've been fugitives for years. They used to dance these aisles. But they're coming back. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
They're coming back. They're coming back to the church. They're coming back to God. They're coming back to a walk with God. They're coming back to consecration. It's happening. There's revival happening. I said there's revival happening. You know what Brother Colbert did this morning before he came to church? He just stopped by Meadowbrook and baptized the lady in Jesus' name. Preparing to baptize her in Jesus' name. She's 96 years old. We're in the middle of a Holy Ghost apostolic revival. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You ought to praise him for it. Gehazi, Gehazi's coming home. I know Gehazi gets a bad rap, but wait till you hear him tell his story. Wait till you hear Gehazi say, yeah, yeah, I wish I would have never done it. I wish I would have never let greed get the best of me. But God has been so good to me. I can't wait till this crusade, June 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I can't wait. I wonder, I wonder who, my goodness, I feel the presence of God so strong right now. I wonder who's going to walk up onto these grounds and God baptize them with the Holy Ghost and fire. I just wonder who it is. I can't wait to meet them. I'm gonna start. I've been praying for them already. When I meet them, I'm gonna say, I've been praying for you for a long time. I know we're just meeting, and I know you didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who you were, but God knew where you were, and God knew who you are. I want those who have made mistakes in their life to lift up your hands to the Lord right now. Only those who have made mistakes. Come on, perfect people, don't you even worry about it. But if you've made some mistakes, I want you to lift up your hands and begin to praise God right now. I need some people that have done things you're ashamed of. I want you to lift up your hands. You've got a testimony. You've got a testimony. You've got a testimony. Our musicians can come. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. I'm going to tell you some of the greatest ministries are going to come from those who have made the most tragic mistakes. Could you stand with me right now in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, my God. Come on, that's it. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 I love it. I love the respect God had for Gehazi's testimony. I love the favor that God put on Gehazi's testimony. Because the whole time Gehazi's given that testimony, wondering if he's even believable. Wondering if anybody even looks at him as being credible. Wondering if there's any value to him telling the story at all. I, I love how God has got a woman of Shunem traveling from the land of the Philistines after seven years of famine. And she walks into the king's court at the precise moment that God has allowed Gehazi to share her story. The Bible talks about the Lord confirming his word. That is an example of God confirming his word. God's going to confirm his word in your life. I believe he's already done it. Somebody here. 
Somebody here and multiple people. There are multiple people here today. You feel like your past is preventing you from being able to ever recover into what God wants you to be. And that is a lie from the devil. And I've come to fight that lie today in Jesus' name. And I want Gehazi to come. Hallelujah. I want some people. I need, I need some people that made some mistakes. I need you to come right now. Come on. I need some folks that, that maybe you look like you got it all together. But look, look at this. Look at this. You didn't even know. You didn't even know some of these people made mistakes. Some of these folks, you thought they were perfect and you thought they had everything together. But look, we've got people that have made mistakes. We've got people that have things that we regret. The Lord has been so good to us. The Lord has been so kind and gracious. Hallelujah. You've got a ministry waiting for you. Hallelujah. You've got a ministry waiting for you. You've got some kings to testify to. You've got a testimony not everybody has. You recovered. You recovered. You recovered. Come on, that's it. All across this house. I want us to begin to pour our hearts out to God right now. Pour our hearts out to God right now. Woo. Hey, hey, Gehazi, if you'll start opening up your mouth and sharing your testimony, the Shunammite woman's going to come back. If you'll open up your mouth and start declaring the miracles of God, hallelujah. I said the Shunammite woman's going to come back. People are going to come back. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's it. Let the Lord do something right now. Come on, let the Lord do something right now. to sing, but before we do, I want you to understand something. Your mistakes, your mistake has no power over you. Your past has no power over you. I want you to lay it down right now in the name of Jesus. And I want you to walk away from it and never revisit it. It has no authority over you. That mistake, that grievous failure, it has no authority over you. Hallelujah, it is cast down in the name of Jesus. You are clean, you are free, you are innocent of the charges because the blood of Jesus makes you innocent. Repent of your sins and lay it down. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we're gonna lay some things down today and never pick it up. For everyone who's ever seen the mountain of their sins just disappear. For anyone who's ever felt the hand of heaven reach down through their fear and dry their tears. For any life that once was empty that now finds itself alive and full of songs, victory songs. Then you'll understand the reason for the way the saints of God may carry on. Oh, when I shout, no, I'm shouting, for my heart has been washed clean. When I run, no, I'm running, for my heart has been beating to the world that might look crazy. There's just no 
就走。